0: It, baby. It, baby. It, baby.
1: for my ally is the force and the powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow its energy surrounds us and binds us luminous beings are we not this crude matter you must feel the force around you here between you and me
2: I am a Jedi, like my father before me.
0: You don't know the power of the dark side. If strike me down, I shall become
2: more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got
1: a bad feeling about this.
3: Welcome to episode 75 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart.
4: And I'm your host, Will Witten.
3: And uh, we're back after another week off. Sorry about that, guys. Will and I both just had some some last-minute stuff come up, and we couldn't uh, get the time together to record for you guys.
4: Yeah, busy. Busy night came up.
3: But we're back this week, and like manna from heaven... Like a blessing from the gods of yore. We have a new Rogue One International trailer to discuss with you guys this week.
4: And it is awesome.
3: It is awesome. I actually think I like it better than the final US trailer.
4: There are a couple things in there that give me a little more information to the questions I had.
3: Uh, Me too. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to discuss that tonight. We're going to make as much headway in our emails as possible. I think we should be able to cover them all though. And uh, then we're going to call it a night. So before all that, I got one thing I got to do. What's that? I got to give them the business, Will. And here it goes. Give them the business. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at blueharvestpod and at willwitten3. Email us at rogue... Oh, 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 getting, getting my podcast. I fucked up the business. (laughs) <laughs> That's what happens i take a week off and i fuck up the business email us can't, can't at, fuck up blue harvest podcast at gmail.com and buy our things at tpublic.com slash users slash blue harvest podcast so there's the business business was weak this week Weak this week so yeah. um how's it been going buddy it's been going good right on right on uh oh goodness i've been trying i'm trying to think if uh there's anything of crazy note to fill you in on
4: there was some cool thing that i saw today that i sent to you on facebook oh yeah the, the hovering millennium falcon
3: yeah that was cool it was like um i guess was that a cake
4: I don't know what it was like I guess I didn't stop to read it long enough but it was (coughs) yeah it looked like magnetically
3: yeah yeah it was it looked to me like some sort of cake that had some sort of magnetic base in it or something that had this Millennium Falcon replica like rotating over it it was pretty fucking neat you know I think you've got uh, the old admin powers in our Blue Harvest Facebook group maybe you should share that to there sometime Oh, so yeah. our listeners okay. could know what I am talking about.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, okay, so uh, yeah, nothing too crazy to really report on since I talked to you last. Um, you know, video games and work, podcasting. That's what I do. That's what this I do. The good life. Um. So, what do you say we just cut the chatter and uh, get into this Rogue One trailer? Uh, let's tackle it and man did i need this today this was a nice little ray of sunshine so
4: right it makes the day
3: mm -hmm. so uh what i figure we'll do is i will uh play it on my end you'll watch it on your end um we'll hold our comments to the end and then we'll just give our thoughts anything that you uh picked up that uh right on you know, you haven't seen before or whatnot. So uh, I'm going to hit start now.
2: Jim. Whatever I do, I do it to protect you.
1: I understand.
4: i am seen this part right you now. Just a- did not see that. Now that is,
3: that is near.
0: We have there are couple a couple things going on there. I'll to the end. It indicates that a major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. So why me?
4: The message was sent by your father.
1: They call it the Death Star. We need to capture the planet. My father built him. We need to find him.
0: If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do
1: we have? Rebellions are built on hope. I want to help. We'll need a team. She wants to fight. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well.
4: Cargo shuttle. What's your call sign?
1: It's, um... Rogue, Rogue One. May the Force be with us.
2: The power that we are dealing with is immeasurable. We'll follow your lead.
1: I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad. Take hold of this moment. The Force is strong.
0: Take the next chance. And the next.
1: Until we win, or the chances are spent.
3: Yeah. Fucking yeah. That is awesome. Okay, so uh, what, what leaps out to you first, seeing this?
4: Okay, first off is that you know, you see her mom, I guess, whoever say, you know, something about the force and then she gets a crystal. And yeah. that's interesting because if we know that the kyber crystals are what's used to produce, you know, the um, the giant laser on the Death Star, which I'm sure they're also are they the same crystals that are used to spark lightsabers? They are. So, if she gets a shard of a crystal, odds are it's a kyber crystal. Like, why would it not be? That's Because that's what her dad's doing.
3: That is my question. Is that crystal around her neck a kyber crystal? Um, and when she's
4: handed it, she's like, you know, trust in the Force. And the Force yeah. is obviously, you know, kyber crystals are obviously Force-sensitive.
3: Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I'm looking forward to getting the answer to that, for sure. Um... Someone asked Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter today if that was a Kyber crystal, and he was like, I guess we'll see in a few weeks. So,
4: that's what you say when it's
3: a yes, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, that's a good point. If it was just no, he could be like, nah, nah, it's some other crystal, it's just a purdy crystal, it's a purdy crystal. Um, yeah. Uh speaking of which, that uh that lady playing her mom, I believe that character's name is going to be Lyra or Lyra Urso. Right on. Um The other big thing that stood out for me, um, is through this sort of opening dialogue with Mon Mothma talking about, you know, um there's gonna be there's an uh, imminent weapons test and whatnot. Uh it sort of clears up um, how Jen gets brought in or yeah, Jen gets brought into um, the fold. So she says, you know, there's an, you know, we received a transmission that there's a weapons test and imminent. Uh, and she says, well, what's that have to do with me or whatever. And, and then we hear that other line of dialogue we've heard before. Uh, the transition came from your father. So to me, that says they seek her out because of her relationship to her father right um, you know I guess they get the transmission from Galen and then they decide or you know or maybe doing research into his background and come across her and see her, her previous record with you know because she's been in some trouble right. with the Empire and stuff and they decide to enlist her for the cause um, and there's actually a good bit uh, mainly a lot of dialogue in this trailer we haven't heard before Um, there's the thing about, you know, she wants to fight and, um, we need a team and stuff like that. We, we sort of get the, the hints of the whole assembling the team to go steal the Death Star plans type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the big thing that everybody's been talking about and that really stood out to me is, that shot of the death star firing.
4: Yeah, yeah, you actually see it fire.
3: Yeah, and you know, that was a question I had for a while as if Mine um, too,
4: that was my next point.
3: if we would actually see it fire because you know, I was always sort of led to believe and I guess maybe I could have led myself to believe this, but that Alderon was the first time the death star had been fired. Um and it's going to be interesting to sort of see what happens planet side. Like-
4: like, we talked another time, though. It may be, Alderaan may be the first time you see it destroy a planet. Like, maybe they just had to pull the trigger to make sure they could, you know, accurately release the power they needed to. I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe... just fire your weapon.
3: It's like a 25% power shot or a 50% power shot or something. Maybe it's not a full-powered Death Star blast. But uh, right. what I'm assuming is the outcome of that we see in this trailer and some other trailers definitely looks... Pretty fucking devastating. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Um, oh, a quick side note. This came out, uh, uh, I think, shortly after last Friday. So I don't even think we would have been able to cover it last episode. There was a guide. Um, there's, like, this essential Star Wars locations guide or something that's come out recently or is coming out soon. People are getting their hands on copies. Apparently, that Jedi temple in Rogue One... It's called the Temple of the Wills. Is it really? That's cool, right? That is cool. Nice little callback to like the old Star Wars scripts and and novelization and stuff. Um, Will the Wills
4: be the ancient species? Like, will it transfer like who the Wills are?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Because I think it's always sort of changed what the Wills were and weren't. And then... We sort of got the wills in the last um, arc of the Clone Wars where Yoda's going and on his like vision quest, basically. He meets these sort of spirit guides that lead him along on his quest, and they're like these luminescent, golden, lit beings and stuff. It, very, you know, it, probably very inspired by the wills, at least, you know, drawing on the same concept. Right. So... Um, I don't think they ever, I think they just referred to it as a priestess or priestesses or something. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I thought it was cool, you know, the intro to the Force Awakens novelization starts with a passage from the Journal of the Wills. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not the first time they've referenced it again, you know, in this new material. But uh, that's something that always fascinated me as a kid. Because I thought
4: the story of Star Wars was just one of the stories that the that the Wills told. Like, the Wills are a species that exists way in the future. Well, exists now. And this is the story of what happened in their galaxy right. a long time ago.
3: Well, you know, and there's also that thing that George Lucas always said, that Star Wars is actually being told by R2-D2. R2-D2. And, and I believe... He said he was telling it to the wills like, but I can't remember. It's so complicated and, and nothing's really ever been nailed down canon wise about that stuff. But you know me, I dig that lore, that weird spiritual force lore and stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely cool. Definitely cool. Um, was there anything else? I mean, it was a lot of like, you know, quick, not a ton of new shots from the final trailer, but some good stuff regardless. Um,
4: it seems like you get more of a story. It evokes a little more emotion, I guess. Like you, it, I guess there's enough development of what you're told. There's a little story to follow. So you, you're just, I don't know. It flows very well and you're glued to it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, we forgot the new shot of vader yeah new shot of vader turning around holding his hand and what i can only describe as the hand that that dude that put his finger up my butt at the doctor's office
4: oh that's a horrible story you, and if you haven't heard it you should go find that episode <laughs> Oof.
3: Oof. um but yeah he's turning around and he's got his hand held in a weird position right yeah it's like his fingers all curled up and stuff it's cool. It looks like it's from the same sequence of scenes we saw his last shot from, um, in the same room and stuff. So, you know, it's probably all tied into that. I'm I'm really looking forward to figuring figuring out what that's all about. Um, a sort of cool overhead shot of some um, X wings flying through that sort of battle station, you know, ring yeah. structure that we've seen in the trailers. Absolutely. Uh, also a really cool shot. Love seeing that space battle. Love seeing that. Um, it's always cool to see a space battle. The one thing I would say is uh, we haven't seen much of this new TIE Striker in the trailers. Like, I want to see more of that.
4: Yeah, I didn't even realize there was a different one.
3: Yeah, the, it sort of looks like a sideways Interceptor, almost. Like, if you took the Interceptor and turned its wing on the side and, you know, the, the divide in the middle... That's right. where you put the cockpit. Okay. So that's sort of what it looks like. If in like in just a, a terribly described way, basically.
4: It sounds awesome.
3: So uh yeah, I guess that's about it for the international trailer. Like I said, I think this is probably the strongest trailer so far. Um some really cool stuff. That Death Star, man. It's a it's a badass shot this music movie looks fucking beautiful um just anxious to see what that uh that whole death star thing is all about
4: it's gonna be exciting i can tell you that
3: it looks like uh i'm guessing from looking at it right here that it looks like it's probably Jedha that gets blasted with the
4: uh you know and that's what i would think would make sense if that's where your spaceport is, and like if that's where you're building, I mean, because it's kind of, I don't know, it looks kind of rocky, and like deserty, kind of like a mesa, when you see it blow up right at the end. Yeah. So like that makes me think it is Jeddah, but
3: so we you know we know we get Yavin in this. We know we get uh, Scarif, which is the beachy, you know, club med looking place. Um, yeah. We know we get Jeddah. But there's also a fourth planet. Is it I think it's Eadu or, or I think it is EA that uh, I'm pretty sure are sort of the the scenes we see that are sort of darkly lit with the rain going on and stuff. I think that is where that all takes place. Yeah. Um I don't know that for sure, but um we haven't seen much of that planet, if that is the case. So that's interesting to me. It makes me wonder what uh what goes down there. If there's something big that goes on that they don't want to show much of, or if they're just trying to highlight, you know, the other scenes and on Jedha and Scarif, that seems to be where we see a lot of the stuff go down is on Jedha and Scarif. Yeah. Then Yavin, then uh, this EA do joint or whatever it's called. Yeah. So uh, I think that about does it for our discussion on the international trailer. So why don't we move on to some emails. Uh, Before that, I have um, a little treat to let you guys hear. Thanks to our buddy Jeremy, the space barbarian that's been on the show a few times. Um, He sent me a long thought lost tape of Will doing a rap as Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And uh, we thought this shit was lost. We did it years ago um, with Josh from Stone Cobra, who also has been on the show and Jeremy playing guitar and will rapping. And I make a little cameo here and there as Carl from Aqua Teen. So I don't know, I just thought it'd be funny to throw in here. So uh, I'm going to do that real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to cover you guys' emails and voice messages and just have a good old time. Okay, so now I guess we're at the point in the show where uh, we're going to discuss some uh, listener emails and voice messages, and uh, we got some good ones this week.
4: It's one of my favorite parts of the show. Mine too.
3: Um, our, Our listeners are always there to help us out in the slow weeks and the busy weeks and stuff, and we really appreciate it. But first off, we have a very special voice message from a Star Wars luminary an off discussed person on this podcast. Sometimes praised, sometimes derided. And uh, I don't want to spoil it, so I'll just play this for you guys now and let you hear it for yourself.
2: Yes, and hello to the Blue Harvest Podcast and all of the excellent Blue Harvest Podcast listeners. If you cannot tell by the amazing sound of my voice, this is Key A D. Monday, I am leaving what you all call a voicemail a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You may question why I am able to leave a voicemail from such a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but as Darth Vader once said, the Force is strong with this one. You cannot tell, but I am pointing with both of my thumbs at my penis-shaped head. (laughs) Recently, I have felt a disturbance in the force. I apologize. I am apparently drinking Jawa juice that was spiked by Obi-Wan Kenobi. And therefore, some of my statements may be a little off. Regardless, that does not change the fact that I had felt a disturbance in the force. Specifically, it related to some emails about myself, Ki-Adi Mundi. I don't want you to forget my name, Ki-Adi Mundi. Regardless of what may have been said and what may have been true, or what may not have been true i felt the disturbance in the fort.
3: oh no we lost him i fucked this up every time oh, was... oh my god technical difficulties jesus christ Yes. oh my god the... hold on one second guys
2: The disturbance in the force was somewhat diminished in an email that was sent to the Blue Harvest podcast and read last Friday. In this email, uh, my attacker, who I initially had planned to draw him out, identified himself. Because I am a Jedi, I will not identify this person by name because I do not wish harm upon others. Regardless, this person, Tom, said in, in not so many words, Thank you, Joe. And at that point, the disturbance in the force I had felt was diminished. So, I am writing to say thank you, Tom, for helping to balance the force. I also want to apologize to Tom for being the person who frequently cooks fish in the microwave at work. Again, I apologize for all of my potential laughing as What I'm drinking right now, again, may have been spiked by that old Ben Kenobi. You could never trust that guy. Regardless, if you enjoyed my voicemail, I am more than happy to share my conquests during not just the Clone Wars, but before the Clone Wars, and not just wars there was a great time of peace. The Jedi had survived and the Republic survived for a thousand years without any semblance of the Sith. Now, in hindsight, maybe not myself, but Yoda and uh, Mace Windu, and even ben kenobi himself who is still apparently trying to spike my drink i am not the only one who should have known about lord sidious and count dooku and blah 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 whatever at any rate we were we're not soldiers we are keepers of the peace with that said If you would like to hear any of my future stories, please let me know. Regardless, I do thank Tom, and I apologize for all the fish smells that interrupted your workday. God bless, and may the Force be with you.
3: So yeah, little voicemail from uh, Kia D. Mundy himself. I'm telling you right now, I would watch a workplace comedy with King Tom and Kia D working in the same office building. It'd
4: be like the office.
3: <laughs> it would be like um, King Tom was Jim and Kia D Mundy was Dwight. And it would just be Kia D., uh, King Tom messing with, with Kia D all the time and getting mad because he's microwaving fish and whatnot in the office microwave.
4: You know, just to see the camera cutaways and the way they would talk about each other and look look at each other. Yeah, King, I, w- I would imagine Kiadi Mundi is like the Creed Bratton. You know, well, and I
3: could sort of see that too.
4: You'd have King Tom and Joe in there, and
3: uh, everybody. Yeah, I wonder what Joe's going to think about that Kiadi Mundi voicemail. Muddle new. Um. Yeah, man, King Tom, King of all times. He was on a a uh, mission on Twitter trying to take down whatever uh, inconsiderate coworker of his kept microwaving fish in the work microwave.
4: Like from raw or like reheated?
3: Uh, I don't know the full details, but I believe reheated. Either way, man, that's you're talking uh, a stinky ass microwave job. Speaking of which, yeah. so you know, I've been I've been on this diet trying to eat a little healthier, right? Right. So Jesse made me these. I guess you could call them muffins, but they're not really muffins. They're like, you cook up some eggs and some veggies and some cheese in a muffin tin in the oven. Yeah. So she made me a whole bunch of them for the week, so I could just reheat those. Right. Yeah. Man, when you open that container, it smells like someone farted directly in your nostrils.
4: <laughs> smells like hot garbage pizza. It
3: does. I mean, they're they're great. I'll cover them hot in hot sauce, eat them up. But damn. Do they stink when you open that Tupperware?
4: I've been eating black bean quesadillas. Like, I like to make a cheese and hot sauce quesadilla, but I figure cheese and hot sauce probably isn't the most healthy thing. So I've been taking, like, a black bean burger and cutting it up and, like, filling the inside of the quesadilla with black bean. Nice. Burger material. It's good. It's tasty. It's kind of like what you're talking about.
3: I've seen you uh, crush a a cheese and hot sauce quesadilla on many occasions.
4: Dude, they're just so good.
3: all right so uh next up we got an email from our buddy josh and he says hey guys love the show i'm listening to the new episode right now and hall said that he thinks Scarif is the last planet in the movie i'd like to know why you think that the thought is shared by a ton of star wars podcasts, but from everything we've seen it makes no sense to me i think ea do is for sure the last planet here are a couple of examples. Galen is on EAdu. So why would they go after him before they actually get the Death Star plans, which we assume are what Jin is running with on Scarif? Plus Mads has said he shot scenes with Felicity, so assume that that's also at the end. And one of the first pictures we saw from Rogue One was Chirrut and Baze relaxing post-battle on Scarif with dead troopers around them. In general, We've also seen so much more footage of Scarif than EA do because I assume they don't want to give away too much of the ending. One more thing to Will. Jason Ward has said that there's been no evidence that the Death Star is ever orbiting Jedha. He always points to Saul's line, the, the world is coming undone, as being, being literal to what the fuck goes on with Scarif. Probably because of the Kyber crystal mining. Sorry this was long, Josh. That wasn't too long, buddy. Um, I'll say the reason I think Scarif is the last planet in the movie is for two reasons. Now I do agree we have seen way less of Eadu than the other planets. We actually talked about that a little earlier when we were talking about the new international trailer. Um, but the fact that like the big ATAT battle is on—that's where the Imperial research facility is. We know from one of the books that there is the orbital station above Scarif, where like star destroyers are docking and stuff. And I'm pretty sure that's what we see, like the space battle with the X-wings. I'm, I'm sure that's what we're seeing going on there, is the rebels attacking that orbital station. Right. And, and just all those uh, elements, you know, the big fight with the new AT-ATs and all that stuff, really makes me think that's sort of the climatic battle of the movie. Um, but I don't know that for sure by any means. And, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know about if Galen is on EA do. I mean, he could be the, that seems to be one of the things I, you know, that the least amount of information is out there for. So to me, there's,
4: there's nothing that says you can't procure Galen before you go after the plans. Like maybe he has a bit of knowledge that helps you go after the plans, you know? Or it could be yeah. the other way around, you know.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I am interested in and in wondering why we've seen so mu- little of that other planet, if something crazy goes on there or if or if maybe there's not much that goes on there, so they don't want to give away too much, you know? Yeah. Um Well, next up we have a email from our buddy Richard Richie from Boston. And the title of his email is dildos and shit Halls and oh. Will <laughs> last Saturday I went to work with my boys Will and Halls and my earbuds between the episode title and the subsequent conversation I spent a good chunk of my day laughing thank you for that I needed it forward to the next afternoon and I'm finally rea- relaxing brewski in hand watching my beloved New England Patriots when suddenly I see a large flesh colored cylindrical object thrown onto the field my wife starts laughing and, I, and she says what is that I respond the only way a a loyal Blue Harvest listener can. Honey, that's a fucking dilly-doo. The poor (laughs) thing didn't know what to make of me as I was giggling my ass off, tears streaming right down my face. Yes, that's right. The day after listening to Halls talk about dildos on Blue Harvest, some turd from Buffalo goes and throws one on the field during the Pats game. My poor wife knew I was laughing at the fact that there was a dildo on the field, but I think she was more puzzled at my use of the term dilly-doo. How serendipitous, Richie from Boston. PS, yes, I realized I didn't mention Star Wars once. Hey, that's okay. Uh,
4: you know what's what's funny about using that term is that it sounds so much better than the original term. Like your grandmother just decided, "I don't like the way that sounds, so we're going to go ahead and
3: I don't know do it. If she likes the way "dilly do" sounds better, or she legitimately thinks that's what it's called, I'm pretty sure she legitimately thinks it's called a dilly do. Um, I've got some plans in place. I've enlisted the help of a couple of my cousins. I'm gonna get some audio of my grandmother talking about dilly doos, so you guys can listen. Uh, you can look forward to that. I'm gonna try and maybe line it up around Thanksgiving when we go uh, to Mississippi.
4: Tilly Doos and Tussie.
3: Tilly Doos and Tussie. My grandmother's favorite. Yeah, my grandmother loves to talk about... Have we ever talked about... She loves to talk about vagina. One of her catchphrases is, if you had a uh, a pair of shoes made out of Tussie, you'd never need another pair. Because you can't can't wear wear them out. You can't wear a Tussie out.
4: (laughs) Talk about a pair of hush puppies.
3: She also told me that, uh, I I believe this is the story of how my mom was conceived, that one day she was bent over waxing the kitchen floor and my grandfather came at her like a madman from behind. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's the kind of family I come from.
4: That's the kind of stuff you usually hear your grandma say.
3: Yeah, yeah. (coughs) Yeah, so I think that'll explain a lot to our listeners. Henny? If a, if shoes were made out of tussy, you'd never need another pair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (coughs) Next up, we've got an email from our buddy, Jonathan. He says, greetings, halls and will with all the internet buzz about Donald Glover being cast as the young Lando. I've been thinking about the possibility of Billy Dee (laughs) reprising his role in episode eight or nine. First things first. What do you guys think the odds are of actually seeing Lando in episode 8 or 9?
4: Um I think it's a 50/50 <laughs> 50 shot just because I feel like Billy De Williams has kind of an ego that I'm not sure
3: they will placate. You know <clears throat> I don't know that he's necessarily got an ego, you know? I mean, he's he's been fine with coming back and doing his little appearances in Rebels, which are by no means, you know, huge, they're huge deals to us, but they're not like, he's not a huge part of the Rebels story, you know? Right. I'm just wondering, you know, if he's going to be in episode eight, why we haven't gotten an announcement of it yet. <clears throat> um. And that, and you know that makes me really wonder. Like I hope, hope we see Billy D. as Lando at least one more time. You know. Oh yeah, it's, oh yeah. And this is what else Jonathan has to say. If he does manage to show up, I've been thinking about the possible way to reveal him. Okay, here's my you write it submission. Oh, he's he's doing a little Rogue One business. The Resistance sends Poe Finn and his new girl Kelly Marie Tran on a mission. Perhaps they run afoul of the First Order on a metropolitan planet like Coruscant. Our heroes duck into a gambling establishment followed by the First Order. Perhaps a scuffle ensues and the local security dispatches the First Order troops, but takes the Resistance team into custody. They they enter a backroom office to reveal Lando chilling out with Lobot. Yeah, I know, total fan service. I don't care if that's fan service. I would be down with that.
4: Lobot man-servant.
3: <clears throat> I mean, you know. Nuts. I mean, look. I would be really excited to see Lando. If Lobot was next to him, I'd be like, holy shit, they, they did it. They brought Lobot back, too. I wonder what an older Lobot would look like. He'd probably look kind of like my granddad with a fucking, um, you know, P- robot P- I- headset.
4: P- I look like Red from that 70s show.
3: <laughs> I could see that. They come at, come in and, and Lobot's like, I'm going to put a foot in your ass. Yep. Um, I could totally see that. You know, there were some, when they were filming in um, Dubrovnik, and I believe that's in Croatia, um, it, the sets were real fancy and it did look like it had some sort of um, casino type vibe going on to it. So, hey, could be very possible. Could be betting ships. I wonder if that's the last
4: time he bet a starship when he lost to Falcon.
3: Shit. Why I'm not, not, not a gambling man, but if I, if I bet my Corolla on a card game and lost, you better bet I wouldn't ever be betting my car again. But you're probably right. Probably not. It'd be funny if, if Lando did show up, but he's just in a gambler's anonymous meeting. Oh, wow. I'm Lando Calrissian, and I have a problem. <laughs> all right, next up, we got an email from our buddy Brad. Hey, guys, it's been a while. I got behind in all my podcasts, even the ones I listen to as soon as they release, like this one. I was going to write this email to let you, to let you know the making fun of Batman vs. Superman has been on point because usually I give you immediate feedback for that over Twitter. However, I noticed a reoccurring topic on this pod and other podcasts. That is the reaction to the canon comics. They are mostly negative, and even the sort of positive people things people, things people say, uh, like, it's more comic booky than Star Wars, but that's okay because it's a comic book. Well, fuck that. This is fucking... This... Hold on. This fucking loser writing this email... Wait. Well, fuck that. This fucking loser writing this email reads minimum 50 comics a month, sometimes getting over 100 which begs the question, who are these things for? I can't stand them. Star Wars people are mostly negative about them. Eventually, people are going to break and not care about consuming all the canon if they have to sit through garbage. Sorry about the rant, but I don't want people who only read the Star Wars com- comics to think all comics are like that. Keep being a dope as fuck, Brad. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Brad. Um, I, I actually need to converse with Brad about this topic a little bit because, as you know, you and I are both uh fairly big comic fans and we are it has been a long time since i've read regularly i got back to reading regularly when the star wars comics start (coughs) started but um i sort of fell off you know and haven't read one in a while and um back in the day man my two jams were spider-man i got all the spider-man titles Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, just Spider-Man. All the X-Men titles, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, X-Force, Generation X, X X-Factor, Wolverine, you name it, right? Yeah. But uh, a couple years ago, they did that goofy-ass Spider-Man storyline, One More Day, when they got rid of him and Mary Jane's marriage and went back and did all that time-changing bullshit. And I gave up on Spider-Man then and haven't read since. Um, which is Shane cause he's my favorite and, uh, I wonder if it's gotten any better.
4: I used to read comic books, like I was never able to, you know, I kind of grew up a little poor, so we didn't have a whole bunch of money and like my allowance was very small. So I would allowed the random comic book here and there from like the grocery store when, you know, when the grocery store used to have comic right. books, like, right. but, um, and then, you know, I would read, I would go to a buddy's house, you know, and they'd have comics and I'd sit there and read his comics. You know, I read The Death of Superman, you know, at somebody else's house. And I would read like the X-Men, um, that whole apocalypse arc where like Wolverine mm-hmm. is savage and Cyclops is missing an eye and like all uh, that
3: crazy. Yeah, The Age of Apocalypse is yeah. one of my favorite storylines. I actually recommended that to um, our buddy Calvin on Twitter, he's got, like, that Marvel Unlimited app, and he was like, what should I look into? And I was like, man, if they've got the old-school Age of Apocalypse stuff, you've got to check it out. It was so badass.
4: And most of the stuff I own nowadays are, like, graphic novel stuff, like um, <laughs> Batman, The Long Halloween. And Excellent. And The V for Vendetta, and, like, the 300. Like, the the graphic novels, a lot of that stuff is really super classy. Like, it's just... It's good storytelling, and that's what I was hoping for in the Star Wars comic books that I had not received yet.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I think I wonder also if it's just being a, p- a product of of our age. Like, do we just prefer that late eighties, nineties comic book feel? Because that's when I think about the storylines I like, and a lot of them aren't even like even considered that great like the fatal attraction storyline in X-Men do you remember that that had the, like the holographic covers it's when Wolverine got the adamantium ripped off his skeleton by Magneto yeah
4: Magneto ripped off the adamantium yeah.
3: I fucking love that um that storyline and I don't I don't think it's considered that hot you know like people consider it that great anymore um like you mentioned death of Superman Nightfall Batman Nightfall and Night's Quest and all that stuff loved that as a kid man um yeah so you know it, it just may be a uh product of the time like you know they 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 go and reboot the universe and do new 52 and all new marvel and all this stuff every couple of years now and one of the things that that really drew me in as a kid about comics was like the sense of continuity you know what yeah. i mean yeah like, there yeah. was history. Like, I may not know it all, and I may not have read them all, but I could read the back of my fucking Marvel and DC trading cards and get some backstory, and it was a good time. And, and I, I just don't like to see them sort of retool the continuity that much. I know why they do it, because it makes it harder for new list, uh, readers, you know, to jump on, but...
4: But they're not getting a whole bunch of new readers.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know this um this DC Rebirth... Thing they're doing now which i think is basically their newest sort of reboot is doing really well you know that's good i'm not hearing great things about marvel in general lately but that could just be people bitching i need to ask brad i need to see if he reads x-men or spider-man or batman those were my well, big I think, three
4: i i just think i i see this shift coming like the comic book again is a paper medium you know the comic book will go The way of the newspaper, like, and I hate to say it because it's, it's an art form, you know, but at, at one point, you know, our society is moving towards digital, visually consumable entertainment, like Marvel's future is in movies and, and TV shows and things people watch because people are lazy nowadays they don't want to read and like you know and you say comic books oh that's not even reading like that's but like people are that lazy like they would rather just have you put it on a screen in front of them and actually have to flip pages and that's sad because some of the most beautiful artwork that I've ever oh seen God. in my life and that I tried to emulate you know as a kid growing up I was really big into drawing I still draw like and that was from comic books dude just some of the great art that I saw in comic books and tried to emulate is priceless, you know, shape me as an artist and I fear losing that more than anything.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, one of my holy grails of collecting would be to get some original, um, artwork from some of my favorite comic book artists and it's not cheap, but one day, um, I'd love to, some Mark Bagley, Ultimate Spider-Man artwork. That's what I'll say. Like, when when Marvel was doing their Ultimate line of books, Ultimate Spider-Man was excellent for a good long while. And it was a reboot of sorts, you know? It took place in a their separate universe or whatever. But man, I would say, phew, I stuck through it. I probably have the first hundred or so issues, and I really dug it. And And what was interesting is, Um, Not so much anymore, but at the time, the movies that were being made and stuff, a lot of them were influenced by the the ultimate version of the comics and stuff. But, you know, it just sucks because something I do like so much, reading and collecting comics. That's the one thing that I don't think it'll keep the print comic alive forever, but the collectible value and the collector market will keep comic books being printed for longer than you know most people might imagine you know that's true yeah because you know uh i'm i'm not one to hate on reading a comic digitally at all like because i I like the way they do it where it zooms in on the panels and and you can flip through it and stuff and you can like really like uh pinch and zoom in on on the artwork and get all the detail i think that's neat but it's there's just something not as cool when you're not cracking that actual comic book and reading it and Check him and out for art.
4: comic book collectors, like, those are quality, you know? Yeah. There's this There's this guy in Tupelo here at the flea market that's got, you know, bins of comics. And I'm like, Jesus, I need to research on what's most valuable and just go in there and be like, look, I want this, this, this,
3: and this, and I'll give you a $20 bill.
4: Because, like, you know, I'm sure he knows a lot, but
3: yeah, um, sometimes
4: I don't think he knows all of what he's got there.
3: Jesse and I are going to hit up the Tannehill flea market here in town, not this weekend, but next weekend. And I am going to be searching for a few things. I'm going to be searching for some Star Wars stuff. Vintage NES games. That's something I think I'm going to get into. Hmm. Old NES carts. And, uh, do, you and have, do you have one of
4: those old, the, one of the newer, like the NES um, players? You know what I'm talking about?
3: <laughs> well, what I'm going to get is it's called a Retron 5. I know what that is. Yeah, and it plays NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Master System, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance all in one console. And I have a big old box of Nintendo games at Amanda and Goose's house that I'm going to pick up. And um, I'm not. Look, I, I watched this documentary about a dude that was going for a complete collection of nes games and that's not ever something i'll be able to afford
4: dude my parents sold my stuff at a flea at like you know sold my stuff at you know a garage sale yeah and like again like without telling me thought they were gonna be slick i'm like do you understand the collector's value you just let go for probably like less than a 100 bucks
3: yeah yep it's a shame i lost all my old nintendo games in the house fire and um Got some of them back in the early 90s, like around the time eBay was really first getting started, I went back and got some of my favorites again and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just not the same anymore, man. And, and like, there's games out there that go for six, $700. bucks. i will never get of a, course. a little Samson or a stadium event, but it'd be nice to have, you know, my favorites and some hidden gems and stuff. All because right.
4: Because one day, you know... As time goes on, those will be even more valuable.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Nintendo collecting market right now is, is sort of hitting a bubble where some of those prices are going to drop, um, but that's, that's a discussion for a whole nother day. Right. Um, next up, we got an b- email from our buddy, Aaron, Dear Halls and Will. I hope this email finds you both well. So folks, Snoke Theories are still a thing. Hashtag Your Snoke Theory Sucks. Wouldn't it be kind of hilarious if Snoke's backstory was never explained? No one's theory would be right and no one's theory would be wrong. Steel could continue to sell stickers and T-shirts and the internet could continue to pull itself apart. I think that's a possibility.
4: I mean, that's kind of what they did with the emperor.
3: Yeah. You know, for the
4: longest time.
3: Yeah. Th- that's why I think it could be very possible. All right now on to the movie that's a painfully long short time away rogue one theory while thinking about my rogue one deadpool for another star wars podcast i thought of a possible ending that i've come up come to like quite a bit everybody on the rebel side dies except k2 so he is the only surviving member of the team to make it back with the plans k2 delivers the plans to the rebellion and finds some sort of redemption for his past with the empire the story of star wars is for the most part told from the viewpoint of the droids we actually mentioned that earlier about uh, r2 telling the story of star wars to the wills yeah r2 obviously plays a large role in the destruction of the death star so it would feel fitting that it was another droid who was instrumental in getting the plans to the rebellion and having another droid deliver the plans as very star wars thoughts i could actually dig that i could dig that um Something interesting that sort of came out about K2SO this week. Uh, Alan Tudyk was on the Star Wars show on YouTube, and he mentioned that there's a scene in Rogue One where K2SO sees another one of his model that's still under the control of the Empire. Oh wow! So I think that's that's gonna be a scene I'm looking forward to. I wonder if it's you know going to you know have any effect on him. <clears throat> yeah. One more rope. F- oh, go ahead, Bud.
4: I was just saying we don't know the the extent of his AI. You know his consciousness.
3: Yeah, he he his definitely awareness. Yeah, he definitely seems to be not just an, autom- an automaton, killing yeah. machine like I imagine the imperial version of his droids be. He definitely seems to have personality and humor and stuff. So yeah. One more Rogue One theory before this gets too long. For the most part, we know the big surprise from Rogue One. By we, I mean those who listen to Star Wars podcasts, but surely there's one surprise that's even eluding Jason Ward, right? Well, maybe not, but my theory is that the big surprise in Rogue One is going to be R2 and 3PO. To my knowledge, we haven't heard anything about them in connection to Rogue One, but if it happens, it'll probably be one of the last shots in the movie, and I think that's supposed to be the ah surprise moment in this film. If Rogue One does not feature our two favorite droids, it will be the first Star Wars film not to do so. But then again, Rogue One is all about firsts. Anyway, gentlemen, as always, thank you for putting on this wonderful show for all of your listeners. May the Force be with you, Aaron. Um, I... I... <sighs> I don't want to go out on a limb and guarantee that we're going to see R2 and 3PO, but if the plans are delivered on the Tantive IV, like if, if it literally leads into A New Hope that closely, we got to see them, you know?
4: Well, my thing is, like, how do you how do you show C-3PO and R2-D2 and not show a young Leia receiving the plans on the Tantive
3: IV? I kind of think we're going to see that, too. Okay. And I think it's going to be some Robert Downey Jr. Civil War, Michael Douglas, Ant-Man, you know, Jeff Bridges, uh, Tron Legacy. Some facial rewind. Yeah, ILM magic. All right, next we got an email from our buddy Chuck. Hey, guys. Chuck, by the way, uh, left an excellent review for us on iTunes. So you guys should be like Chuck. Go to our iTunes page and leave us a nice five-star review. It helps us out. Thanks, Chuck. (laughs) I was watching... Return of the Jedi tonight with my two-year-old son, Luke, and it got me thinking about Rogue One. It's just a few weeks away, and we will all be sitting in a theater waiting for this new story to begin. Now, this is where I get a little worried. How is this movie going to start? Will we get A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away? Or are you going to get that moment of silence? Then BAM! Star Wars with the epic beginning fanfare opening music. Then maybe The Crawl. I know Kathleen Kennedy has said they may do something new with the opening of this movie. Now, I'm one for change and new things in Star Wars, but I think we have to have those blue words at the beginning, and that moment, then Star Wars followed by that music. I think that this opening is what gets you pumped for Star Wars and gives you the moment you need to get ready for the journey you're about to begin. If you notice, I did leave something out that I'm okay with just being episode movies, and that is The Crawl. The crawl is something that explains what's going on across the galaxy. This story is more focused than that. So you don't need it. What we know, we know what is going on in this movie. No need to try and make Johnny read. We know what we are. We know what we're in for already. What do you guys think? Are you okay with the change? Do you want it to go? Do you want it all to go? Or would you like to keep something? Thanks. Love you guys and keep up the awesome hollow transmission. Um, Chuck at R2C3BB. You're welcome to give out my handle. Could always use some more Star Wars friends. Yeah, you guys should definitely give Chuck a, a follow on Twitter. He's a he's a solid dude. Um so my first reaction is I I want there to be a crawl. I just like the uniformity of it, but I'm pretty sure we're not getting one.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't need a crawl. I'm just like I guess it's because of my my ability. I can enjoy a story without it having to follow the one before it. So like I don't need the big bomb like the big Star Wars. I don't need the crawl. Uh the long time ago in a galaxy far far away, I think is crucial. Like
3: that I do too. I, I agree that with what I think is necessary. It's gotta stay.
4: But the rest of it I, I don't think needs to be unless it's a canon. You know, like not canon, uh episodic
3: episodic film yeah part of the saga or whatever you want to call it yeah all right so uh yeah i agree with chuck uh if they're not going to do the crawl i i honestly do want see the thing is is can you do the star wars logo without the theme song crawl right right with the theme song without the crawl that's it's a tough question that's interesting i never thought about that like i kind of have come to terms with the fact that we may not have an opening crawl And I've always said that the reason I think the opening crawl is a good idea is because for people that are still confused when they go to the theater about where this is set in the Star Wars timeline, that's an easy way to suss it out for them, you know? But, you know, that's also me not giving people enough benefit of the doubt, I guess, or whatever. Um, But, yeah, can you do the Star Wars logo and the theme song without a crawl? I don't know. I don't know. All right, so we got one more email and one more voice message. Uh, Our next email is from our buddy Luke, the professional Funko Pop collector. Nice. Will and Halls. Had it not been for the awesome International Rogue One trailer, I don't think I could have found anything worth talking about during the worst election week ever. I've been solidly depressed for the last two days, but this trailer brightened up the world just a little bit, so let's talk about it. Once again, I can't say enough about the gorgeous cinematography in the film. I agree. This, this movie looks amazing visually. The shot of the Death Star blasting Jedha, Independence Day style, was not only epic but strikingly beautiful. If there's one thing Gareth Edwards understands, it's the value of scale and composition. The shot of Jen getting the crystal from her mom. Are you thinking kyber crystal or just a special gift from her mom? We discussed that. I don't know. Yeah, we did. I'm leaning kyber crystal.
4: Yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense to have a crystal that's not a kyber crystal.
3: Lastly, I was uh, glad to get some ad- an additional shot of Vader even cooler because he seems to be using the force choke to su- force to choke somebody. But is it just me or does his hamp seem a little gimpy when he turned toward the camera? I don't know. It just weirded me out for some reason. I'm going to say that... Um, one of my favorite things since this new international trailer came out has been people photoshopping things in Vader's hand from that shot. Oh really? Like I saw a really funny one this morning that was Vader holding a Zuvio figure. Um, our buddy Josiah over at four sports, um, posted a picture on their Instagram of him holding a cell phone with like their logo on it. Like he was listening to the podcast, which was a fucking excellent idea. Um that 's what I like to see, man. I like to see the Star Wars fans jumping in and doing funny creative stuff with these new images we 're getting absolutely <clears throat> um finally, after talking with halls, I know that you are, are are both super bummed about what just happened in our country this week. I concur with that feeling it 's a huge step back, but take heart in the fact that we as a country have been through much worse than a man who could be king of the Oompa Loompas. We've been through revolution, civil wars, and several civil rights movements. The great orange dope won't keep us down. Thanks for the, uh, the awesome podcast, Luke. And yeah, uh, at least we got a Star Wars movie coming next month.
4: Right. It takes an evil emperor to coalesce a rebellion.
3: Yeah. What an appropriate Star Wars movie to be coming out after this month, right? Right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for Rogue One. That's about all I have to say about that one. Yeah. So let's end this up, uh, and I think this is going to lead to a discussion that uh, some people might like. This is a voicemail from our buddy Richie from Bastin.
1: What's up, Blue Harvest Brothers? Hey, this is Richie. Um, So, I had a shitty fucking day today, and... uh, of course, yesterday I did a service on a new construction project that was pretty, pretty fucking beefy. I, you know, I, I was proud of it when I left, and the the GC approved of the location and everything. Then he calls me up today and says, hey, by the way, I don't like it. I want you to change it. So I'm like, what the fuck? I, I got to do this fucking thing twice? So them stammering around throwing things having a temper tantrum because this fucking butt plug made me change the service on the side of this house i was listening to some talk about some zabrak butthole and i said i gotta tell you that made me laugh hysterically it was just just a little something i'm glad rogue one didn't delve into it too much because honestly we need that walk-in carpet, Will Witten to give some expert testimony on Zabrak butthole. So that's what I want to hear. I want to hear what Will has to say about it. Look forward to hearing it. Take care, guys.
3: So did you hear that, buddy? You go first. Okay. So <laughs> on uh, Rogue One this week, we were discussing with Steele, who was nice enough to come on and be on the show. Right. Um, Steele is not a huge fan of the fact that uh, Darth Maul is still alive and i i definitely understand his reasonings the dude did get cut in half um and i'll be honest when it first happened i was not super stoked about the idea either for many of the same reasons like it sort of takes away from any other death in star wars because like at this point if we say somebody die can we just be like well darth maul survived and he gotten cut in half surely han is still alive you know
4: yeah it kind of comic book style brought someone back from the dead
3: But I, on the other hand, I feel the stories that they did with Darth Maul after bringing him back, especially in Clone Wars, sort of made it worth it. You know? So it's it's sort of a double-edged sword. Uh, But while we were discussing this, I mentioned, like, you know, Johnny brought up, well, you know, a a, a lightsaber cauterizes wounds. So, you know, maybe that's how he survived. But my question is, if you get cut in half at the waist... How are you going to take a poop the rest of your life? Darth Maul doesn't have a butthole anymore. He doesn't have a well, pee hole. Think about okay. it. Think about all of the necessary bodily functions that operate from your belly button down. And Darth Maul ain't got none of that.
4: Okay, so scientifically and medically, let's say...
3: And Well, hold on. Uh, uh, so... Steele was like, oh, I don't want to be on a podcast that talks about this. So, you know, fair enough. He's just giving us a little shit and whatnot. Um, but uh, Johnny brought up the fact maybe Zabrak's buttholes aren't where our buttholes are. Who knows? Um, now, you take it from here, buddy.
4: You know, okay, so scientifically and medically, okay, yeah, it does cauterize. And but that stops you from bleeding. That also stops anything else from flowing. But you know, you could go back in and open up those pathways. Like, you could basically surgically remove the carterized layer, and things would open right back up and, you know, start bleeding again. You would have to have the technology to, to stop that, and then you would, you know, you'd have to basically create a system to function with all the rest of that stuff. Like, there would be a system to catch waste, and there would be, you know, whatever organs were down there, but you know, for the most part, from the waist down, it's, as far as I know, it's just, like, waist disposal and legs.
3: Yeah, and, and we know he got those sweet-ass robot legs. Um, so,
4: the rest is torso. You know, that's where your vital organs are. My thing, you know, the thing to me is, like, how long can you survive with half of your body cut off and carterized? Like, Not long, right? Yeah, like that's that's my that's my like I can see okay, you live in the future where you could rip, rig something up. My thing is, who found him? And you know,
3: right, right.
4: Robocoped him.
3: Um, maybe he's just got a robo butthole.
4: I'm sure it's all part of the machine.
3: My theory is, you know, uh, uh, Mother Talzin the. Uh, Mary witch or whatever that helped bring him back i yeah. think she just uses that green sith fire magic to burn up his poo you know what i'm saying
4: yeah forevermore San <laughs> Forevermore,
3: forevermore yeah um yeah and you know i'm 100 sure when dave feloni and george lucas were sitting in the lucasfilm offices like oh, we're gonna bring uh darth maul back They weren't like, "Mm, but what about his butthole? Yeah, no one was like, I have a question, George. Where (laughs) does the poop go? uh, Jesse is going bananas here. She keeps telling me he's got a colostomy bag. But I'm telling you, I've seen Darth Maul post no butthole. And uh, he's had his shirt off, and I didn't see any colostomy bag. My question is, do you think Darth Maul's butthole was tattooed like the rest of him? Only if
4: you're a real Sith.
3: Only if you're... That was the final tattoo he got. Like, he got his whole body tattooed. He was fucking training with Sidious, and he was like, Well, my apprentice, now is time for your final test. We shall tattoo your butthole.
4: You will know the meaning of real pain and suffering.
3: Poor poor uh darth maul was fucking on his back with his legs up in the air like he was having his diaper changed and about,
4: that's that's the only reason he's so
3: resentful of the sith <laughs> Yeah, i got my <laughs> butthole tattooed for you guys maybe in rebels when he said he was searching for hope he was like i hope i can get a new butthole god damn this sucks my stomach hurts i ain't eaten anything in 20 years y'all <laughs> oh man The questions I would, like if, like if I were ever to run into Pablo, like our buddy Johnny Grosso, I would never ask him, hey, what, how does Darth Maul poop? But I'd want to, I'd want to, I'd leave an impression on that guy, I bet.
4: He's got his own little, um, oh God, the garbage chute, like somewhere down in those robot legs. There's a mini Dianoga.
3: Now look, had you cut Darth Maul off at the thigh or the knee, different story. But yeah. you d- he definitely lost some small intestine, large intestine, pee hole, wiener. Darth Maul has no wiener anymore. That's yeah, why he's so, he's so fucking angry. angry. Yeah. yeah. Ezra needs to watch out, man. That dude ain't got no wiener, no butthole. What's, what is his reason to live at this point?
4: There's no motivation but pure hatred there.
3: Yeah, I don't care if you give me a badass lightsaber. If you came to my door right now and said, you can have a real lightsaber, I just got to get rid of your butthole and your pee hole. No thank you. No thank you.
4: Um I like we discussed a couple of times ago. Who doesn't like having your dinger donger flopping in the 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 breeze? <laughs>
3: Man. The aftercare of a butthole tattoo has to be arduous and very precise. Like that Do you remember that time you asked people to send us pictures? Uh it wasn't even butthole tattoos, it was nutsack tattoos. It was nutsack tattoos. Hey guys, don't send us butthole hey, tattoos.
4: No thank you thank Thank you but no thank you
3: i i wonder if that person is still listening the nutsack tattoo guy um hey look thanks we got some laughs out of it but you know butthole tattoos unless you have canonical proof that darth maul's butthole was tattooed don't send us uh any butthole tattoos but (laughs) anyway i think that's gonna do it for this week buddy thanks for recording with me oh dude thanks for having me on um we will do our best not to miss uh any more episodes for you guys it could happen here and there will is a busy guy i'm a busy guy we're going into a very busy season for friends and family with the holidays but uh even if i have to get on sometime and crank out a haul solo i'll try to make sure you guys uh have a show to listen to um if you guys I want... will oh.
4: i will say the um the, all the love of everyone asking on twitter did you guys not record an episode this week is everything all right like that was really cool like yeah, we didn't man. mean to upset you guys or freak you out but for everybody to be like is everything cool Are y'all okay like that's very
3: very very nice. made me feel very, very nice, nice that
4: people like what we're doing you know
3: yeah we definitely appreciate that guys and we appreciate you guys as listeners so much uh if steel if you're listening this episode sorry about the butthole talk buddy but i was primed and ready to talk about some butthole on rogue one and
4: but fair enough this is that show like you don't (laughs) want to be on the show that talks about you know all butthole but this is the show for darth maul butthole
3: no steel doesn't want to be on that but he'll come on our show and i'll fucking blow his appearance by just asking him about australian spiders for 30 minutes Good day, mate. And that lose a good opportunity have a kick-ass dude on for me to just be like, Oh, I'm scared of spiders. What are spiders like in Australia? Jeez, <laughs> still kicking myself about that one. They're giant, they kill you. (laughs) Live and learn. Uh, If you guys want to support the band, who supports us by letting us use their music for their theme song, check them out. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get their album on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. They are excellent friends to us, excellent friends to the podcast, and we would love for you to support them. Uh, If you want to buy our stuff, you can at tpublic.com slash user slash blueharvestpodcast. And follow us on Twitter. Leave us five-star reviews on iTunes and whatnot. So, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host. Oh, before we go, quick shout-out to our good buddy, Goose Payne. His birthday is tomorrow the 13th.
1: Happy birthday, buddy.
3: One of my favorite people in the world. You guys should hit him up on Twitter with some birthday messages. Maybe have a bologna Big Mac in his honor. Well, anyway, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Hal's Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you.
1: May the Force be with us. As I
0: walk on mm-hmm. through this wicked world Searching mm-hmm. for light in the darkness of insanity mm-hmm. Ask myself Is a hope, love? On pain and hatred and misery And each time I feel like this inside There's one thing I wanna know What's so fun about peace, love and understanding? What's so fun about peace, love and understanding?